Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. I think we can officially call this a football Friday since we got a lot of football to talk about here on Birch 365. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac get hang with you for the next two hours. Uh, Two major things that we have to cover over the course of today's show. We got two good guests to help us over the next two hours. Are the Eagles schedule and the first chance to sit down and meet and hear from and yeah, judge. The Eagles, two no coordinators on both offense and defense. John McMullen, I let you choose. Which would you prefer to talk about first? Meet the coordinators or meet the 2023 bird schedule? Yeah, that's a tough one, Jody. For me, it would be the coordinators, but I'm going to go schedule because I think okay. people are obsessed with the schedule. Um, you know, and it's schedule day. Happy logistics day. I hope everybody had... Uh, a happy logistics day, uh, even though the Sixers tried to ruin it for you. But yeah, uh, didn't now didn't we're go, locked in. Didn't go as well at night as as it did during the day, and I guess uh, even the day depends on uh, your optimism or pessimism with the birds. Uh, the games started leaking out yesterday, or shoot, uh, even the day before, um, and now we've got the full seventeen game slate. Do you want to do it right off the bat? Go win, loss, win, loss. <laughs> right down the left. I'm going to fire it at you. Are you ready, Johnny Mac? Uh, sure. Let's do All it. Right. Let, me, let me get out of pen to see. write down. Homage I, I, to Mike Francesa. Can I go? That's a win. That's yeah, a you can. You can do it any way you please. Um, and some interesting quirks to the schedule that we'll also talk about. But first, we just got to go through it. W's and L's. Week one at New England. 
which when? was so disrespectful by the NFL to get. Well, I, 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 yeah, I that there was somebody. I was waiting for the first disrespectful oh, that, tweet. That, that was you texted me ESP's tweet. Yeah. I was waiting said, for the first one, and they were and disrespected by having to open up on the road against New England. It always uh, makes me happy, the first disrespectful yeah. one. Well, man, that, is it disrespect? We don't care whether no. it's disrespectful no, or not. Come on, is, it, is it a win or a loss? It's a win. It it's is a win. A win. Uh, Vikings, week two, Thursday night. Quick turnaround, Johnny Mac. That may be tough. I know, easy win. If, in fact, if I'm Minnesota, I am pissed off because they got to open up and fill the Philadelphia home opener two years in a row, and they did not handle that well last year. They're and not going to handle it well this year. Add that to the fact that Kirk Cousins doesn't usually play well when the sun is down. So what do they do? They give him a Thursday night against the Eagles. Yeah, I can see where the Vikings might be a little uh, perturbed about that schedule. That's disrespect right there. Uh, <laughs> Week number three at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers road on the road, Johnny Mac. Easy win. That might be the worst team on the schedule for the Eagles. Uh, probably Arizona later, but uh, they're in the conversation. I, I would take Jonathan Gannon's Cardinals as worse than the Bucks, but I am with you on a win. Uh, week four at home to the uh, Commanders where they lost one of their two games, three games, regular season games last year. Was at home against Washington. Is revenge ad? Yeah. Well, you try to pound me on Brock Purdy. Ed Kratz, our buddy Ed Kratz, tries to do it with Sam Howell. I'm not buying. I'm not buying it. Uh, uh, Washington's going to be a bad football team. Last place, uh, NFCs. Make it four now. I would uh, agree across the board. All right, week five. You got to go cross country out to the Rams in L.A. Only two years removed from Super Bowl championship. Yeah, at this point, I start looking for logical losses, scheduled losses, whatever you want to call them. And normally, this would be a scheduled loss, but the Rams are so bad. They they tore it all down. They're paying for going all win to get their going all in to get their Super Bowl title. It's a tough tough trip, as you mentioned, uh, but they're gonna they're gonna out talent the Rams. So keep it going. I would agree with that one. All right, week six, I will be at this game. A 425, oh, by the way, very few 1 o'clock games for you, Johnny Mac. Uh, 425 at the Jets. Is this the first loss of this season? Yes, it is. There it is. The Eagles have never lost to Jody McDonald's Jets in the regular season. This is it. If I, I'm convinced that the Jets don't get it done here, they will never beat the Eagles. Uh, it is a... You know, for Jody knows, but for people that don't know, part of it's Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is the last piece, obviously. Um, but they got a lot of talent, and they're very similar uh, to Detroit in the fact that I talk about Detroit a lot. They've been bad for so long. They've been drafting at the top of the draft for so long. All of a sudden, you wake up and you look and you say, wow, there's Garrett Wilson. Wow, there's Sauce Gardner. Wow, there's Quentin Williams. They got some good players. And now they got a quarterback. Yeah, logical loss. They're not going to go 17 and 0. Sorry, people. First L, Sunday, October 15th versus Jody McDonald's New York Jets. Yeah, I still have the Eagles undefeated. Uh, I do not think they will lose to the Jets. Next week, at home against the Dolphins. 
Uh, back on the winning track, the Dolphins, uh, uh, talented team, but they have some issues. I'm not in love with the head coach. We know Tua's concussion issues. Uh, they might have some hiccups. Tyree Kill will probably beat them deep. Um, but I, I think the Eagles have too much for the Dolphins. Yeah, this is where I have the Eagles losing their first game of the season. I think the Dolphins come in here and get them in week number seven. So I got them 6-0 and before they lose, but losing week seven. At the Commanders, week eight. Yeah, I was talking about the, uh, Yeah, they're sweeping the, the Commanders. Maybe, you know, maybe if Taylor Heineke was there plucking them to a win. Uh, I'm not I'm not buying Sam Howell. You know, who knows? By that point, it might be Jacoby Brissett. I'm just not in love with Washington, what they're doing. Ultimately, it'll be a a positive step this season for the commanders if they get it away from Daniel Snyder. But in the short term, it's going to be – they're going to have some issues. Uh, yeah, they sweep the commanders this year. Did not sweep the commanders last year. They will sweep the commanders this year. Uh, week nine is at home against the Dallas Cowboys. First Dallas matchup. Eagles a winner or a loser? Uh, I got a home and home split. Uh, so they're going to win at home. Um, uh, you know, Cowboys are a very good team. We talked to John Machota yesterday. Um, talent uh, uh, all over the place. They're in the conversation. I think the three clear best teams in the NFC are the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers. Um, I don't think they're going to sweep the Cowboys, but I got them winning home, home and home uh, split. All right, so that'll give us an answer on one coming up in just a couple. I think they'll win the home game against the Cowboys as well. Um, By in week 10, week 11 is the game that – come on, Mrs. Kelsey, you've got to upgrade your sources. Yeah, I told you, be careful with that, uh, Donna Kelsey one. You wanted to confirm that. I I tried to tell you. No, that would be week 11 at the Chiefs on a Monday night. Uh, Did the Eagles abstract their Super Bowl revenge? No. Um, coming off the bye, which is, and by the way, nice place for the bye this year it was a little bit too early last season, although it worked out well for the Eagles. Um, essentially splitting the season, boy, it's a murderer's row after the bye, and it it starts it in Kansas City, and yeah, I mean, just a tough tough matchup. Um, best quarterback coach combination of the generation. Um, and, and, you know, there's going to be some losses on the schedule. It's not going to be By all the peaches way, and cream. I think this will be the first game all year that the Eagles are not favored. You realize they were favored in every game last year, except at the Cowboys with Gardner Minshew at the helm. So Jalen Hurts was a favorite in every game that he started last year. And he will not be a favorite in this one. And uh, I'm taking the Chiefs in the Week 11 uh, rematch as well. Uh, Bills come to uh, the link in Week number 13. Eagles will be favorite. Will they be a winner? Yeah, I got them winning that game. You know, that's a that's obviously going to be a tough game. Um, but you know. I saw enough of Josh Allen last year to know he's going to make a bunch of big plays, but he's probably going to make a big mistake in the fourth quarter. And I think that's going to cost Buffalo in, in a tough environment. So I got the Eagles back on the winning track um, and, and winning that football game. All right. The week after is week tw- uh, 13 at home against the 49ers. Another rematch. 
They beat the 49ers badly here last year in the championship game. It's here again. That's a major plus. Eagles win or lose against the 49ers. Yeah, I'm probably paying too much deference to Lincoln Financial Field, but I think they're going to win. They're going to beat the 49ers again. Um, I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback at that standpoint. It's kind of tough to project. Um, I know everyone, you know, hey, let's get let's get it in there with Brock Purdy. I think they win with Brock Purdy. I think they win with Trey Lance. I think they win with Sam Darnold. Um, and I think home field's a, a big part of that. So you've got the Eagles winning against the 49ers. I think the 49ers abstract revenge for last year's championship loss. Next weekend at the Cowboys, you already said split, win one-on-one, win at home, lose on the road. So you're going to loss there, as am I, which means they will have lost two games in a row, back-to-back games against the 49ers and the Cowboys. The next week at Seattle, who I believe both you and I think are going to be one of the better teams, not the best, but one of the better teams in the NFC this year, Road game at the end of a very tough streak of games. What did the Eagles bring to Seattle? Uh, loss. This is, you know, last year I mentioned the toughest matchup was Christmas Eve in Dallas. Uh, it, it was the, the, the third of three road games. Um, and obviously um, it, it turned out that way. Uh, but, you know, Jalen Hurts wasn't there. On paper, this to me is the toughest matchup just from a standpoint of you mentioned it's the final game of sort of a, a murder's row of five games against really good teams. You're on the road for the second consecutive week going completely across the country. And, oh, by the way, it's after a road game against your biggest rival. So I think there's the natural letdown after the Cowboys week. Yeah, this is the worst spot on the Eagles schedule, in my opinion. Sunday, December 17th, loss at Seattle. And, oh, by the way, that is one of the most difficult places to play when the Seattle's has been been over the years. Uh, I'm with you. The Seahawks scared the snot out of me. But I think this is where a championship team pulls its medal together, having lost uh, two games in a row. I do not believe it will be three. I think they'll find a way to go in and win in Seattle. And in the final three, the Giants, Jonathan Gannon, and the Giants. You got GGG to finish out the season. First at home with the Giants on a Monday night in week 16. Uh, Giants going to put up any kind of a fight against the Eagles? No, not on Christmas. Uh, uh, I mean, they never win here, um, you know. I don't know how, but Boston Scott's going to score a touchdown. See early Christmas gift it's on the NFL schedule. I mean, they dominate the Giants. I see no reason that doesn't continue. Uh, they're certainly going to wax Arizona, uh, maybe the least talented team in the NFL, so everyone can get their pound of flesh from uh, JG. And then Week 18. I got a, I got that as a loss, Jody. Not because really? I think the Giants are, are are good, but I think it's going to be one of those situations. They're probably locked in, whether it's number one seed. They're not going to be number, locked in as the number one seed. Not probably not because I got them at twelve wins, but they're going to be probably locked in the playoff positioning. And I don't think they're going to play anybody, so I'm giving that one to the Giants. 
All right, so you've got them at 12 and 5? Five. 5, 12 and 5. Yeah, I'm going to win in that last game because I don't think they're going to be locked in. I think they will. They might not get it, even if they win week uh, 18, The whoever they're in the running with, San Francisco, uh, possibly Dallas uh, can also win in that week, and the Eagles could lose out on a tiebreaker. I do not believe. And this is pure speculation. Neither one of us. Knows. Yeah, I know. It's just yeah. it, it, we're, we're it's seventy happened. weeks down the road predicting not only where the Eagles are yeah. at, but all the other teams in the NFC as I'm well. Just, you know what? It's happened so much over the past few years that one of the teams, and sometimes like last year, the Eagles had to play to get the number one seed. Exactly. But the Giants didn't have to play. It happened so much. I'm just playing the odds, uh, and and somebody might be the Giants. They might be a playoff team, but I think somebody's not going to play. I'm going to guess it's the Eagles, so I'm going to give the win to the Giants. What yeah, the I'm going to I'm going to say the Eagles have something to win on the final game of the season, whatever that may be. We're pure speculation as to what it may be, but I'll say they do have something to play for. So if that's the case, I don't see the Eagles beating the Giants. So I've got them at 14 and three. You've got them at 12 and five. We agreed on most of the games. I You got them losing to the Jets. I got them losing to the Dolphins and vice versa. Uh, I got them losing San Francisco. You have them winning. You have them losing to Seattle. I have them winning that game because I think they're going to be on a little losing streak and they're going to have to rise to the occasion to stop it. And then the last game of the season, you think that it'll be a JV game for the Eagles. I think they're going to need it. Uh, 13 and 4 and 12 and 5 are our two numbers. We will get uh, another set of numbers. We won't make them go game by game like uh, John and I just did, but we'll ask them for an overall uh, input as to what the Eagles are going to look like at the end of the 2023 season. And before they ever get started, yesterday we got a chance to get a first feel on the two guys who will be calling the plays for the Philadelphia Eagles this year on both offense and defense. There are two new coordinators sat down with the media yesterday. Sitting down with us next is Andrew DiCicco from uh, from, uh, InsideTheBirds.com. Does a great job for them. Has done a great job when he's hopped down with us, and he'll do so again next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. 
Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. This is Governor Ed Rendell urging you to vote for my friend, Judge Pat Dugan, for Superior Court. I appointed Judge Dugan in 2007 to the Philadelphia Municipal Court, where he now serves as its president judge. Pat is a proud Army veteran of 23 years. He served two tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's also recommended by the Philadelphia Bar Association. But most importantly, he bleeds eagles green and hates those Dallas Cowboys. So get out and vote for number three, Judge Pat Dugan for Superior Court. Paid for by Dugan Streaming in with us here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald, and we are joined by Andrew Jacheco from InsideTheBirds.com. I think you logged in early enough to hear the end of the Mac and Mac predictions for Birds 365. I got the Eels 13 and 4. Johnny's got them 12 and 5. A lot of the games are the same. We disagree on a couple, but not many. How good a season are the birds going to have on paper, which we know that's all that it is, Andrew. And then we may or may not need to throw the paper out at some point. What's your paper say on the birds upcoming season? Well, I have them at 12 and five, Jody. And the reason being is I think that stretch after the bye week, that five game stretch is a little bit tougher than I mean, on paper. It's a little bit tougher than, than I'm sure than the Eagles are used to at least last year. So I think that that could be a, a, a you know, proving grounds as to what this team is made of. Obviously health is going to be paramount here, but I think that they'll be able to close out the season strong the final two weeks, but that, that those five weeks there are going to be really telling. You know what I like about the schedule though, Andrew is, is the, the front part for this reason. I, I think the Eagles are going to, you know, have some hiccups, have some struggles in the changes from um, Shane Steichen to Brian Johnson, uh, JG to Sean Desai. There's just the natural sort of growing period. They got to intermix uh, a bunch of new starters on defense, especially the back end. Um, but they're playing a bunch of bad teams. So mm-hmm. I think they can, uh, you know, gain some confidence early in the season and then, as you mentioned, that five-game stretch, I agree with you. I got to win in two games. But I think if you win two of five, you're fine. Yeah. Um, so I like the way the schedule laid out for the Eagles. And that's the bigger part. The wins and losses are silly, I admit, at this point. But I always look for the themes. And, boy, they got a chance. I, I had to fight to find a loss at the beginning of the season. I ended up with the Jets, who've never beaten the Eagles in the regular season. Jody ended up with the Dolphins on October 22nd. 
I could see him beating both of those teams and, and keeping it going and really arriving at the bye undefeated, even um, even with some hiccups, because that's the easy part of the schedule. And I think you gain confidence the more you win. Yeah, I actually lean towards what Jody was saying, losing to the Dolphins, going down there to Hard Rock. They have something of a track team down there. And that just seems like a game where I think they could they could drop going into the bye, but that's probably the only game I foresee them going, you know, foresee them losing. Well, that game's here. That's yeah, it. That you know, if it were if it, if it were in Miami, I would entertain it a little bit more. Mm. But they're at the Rams, at the Jets, and then they come back home. So that game's at Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, even still, I would say just because of the weapons that they have there. Yeah, they, I, I they, expect Tyreek Hill to beat them. They, 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 they can get know. out to an early lead, and then it, and then it's tough. Yeah, I definitely expect. I saw joint practices. I saw Tyreek run by the Eagles so much. I'm sure he's going to get them beat deep. But you know, I'm not. I'm not sold on that Dolphins team yet. I think it's Bills, Jets, um. And 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 you can argue both of those teams to win the AFC East. Then the Dolphins are a clear third. New England bringing up the rear. That's my opinion. On the so you, so you are sold on the Jets. I yeah, Jets are going to be a good team. Question is how good. I, you know they're they're going to be a good team, and they, I think they have six standalone games. Uh, the NFL seems to know it too. They're going to mm-hmm. be good. There we go. We'll find out about the Jets head coach. You said earlier you don't uh, necessarily like the Dolphins head coach. I think both of those coaches still have something. No, to yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't love Robert Sala either. Um, I sure don't love Nathaniel Hackett. After no, <laughs> but you know, I think the real offensive coordinator that got Nathaniel Hackett the job is now back with Nathaniel Hackett. As the uh, quarterback of the New York Jets. All right, uh, Andrew, yesterday was a first uh, meet and greet with the two new coordinators here in town, one of which was elevated to the position, the other of which was brought in from outside. And he seemed pretty happy about it. The new defensive coordinator was more all smiles than the offensive coordinator. And, man, did he check off all the boxes of what you want to say to the Philadelphia fan base when you get here in town. He played up very well to the fan base. Were you impressed with Sean Desai yesterday? I was going to say, first off, we'll see how long that lasts because the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia outside of Jim Johnson is usually public enemy number one here. But um, I think that he said all the right things, Jody, and really seems to embody, at least in his opening presser, what it – you know, what Philadelphia expects from their defense, fast flowing, physical, uh, gr- grinded Rit. out. Yeah. Blitzing, <laughs> blitzing, all that stuff. By, so, by the way, Andrew, have you ever heard a defensive coordinator say we want to play slow? <laughs> we don't, no. don't want to hit hard. Uh, I love it though. Uh, Sean Desai, here's the thing. He coached at Temple uh, with Al Golden back in the day. Um, that's where he started his coaching career. And even though yeah, it's Temple and they're never on the front page to say the least, um, I think he got a feel for this town. So I think he played the game great. He just, as Jody said, he, you know, he's going to, he's going to throw out all the bud buzzwords and people are going to eat it up. I think right. he did a phenomenal job. 
Yeah, I thought he aced that opening presser, but and like you said, he said all the all the right words, and now it's translating those, taking those words and translating it onto the field. Because yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. He's going to play the same defense. That's that's what's right. so funny about this. Right. But he knows how to play the game better than JG. He's going to say aggressive. He's going to say adjustment. He's going to say, you know, these these four or five core words, and he gets it, and and and. and as silly as it sounds, that's going to make things easier for him. Yeah, I'd be interested to gauge the temperature of the fan base there when you see those first five games or so. They're going to tell you that he's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to because he has the uh, the mindset of what everyone is looking for and what everybody feels as though the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia should should be and should encompass. Represent our city, impose our will. Yeah, well, these are the phrases that the yes. Philadelphia Eagle fan base just hmm. absolutely loves. But I did give him credit for this. He avoided using the word blitz. He, yeah, because he's not I'm blitzing. Wrong, he's not he, dumb. He, he's not going to. Yeah, he he didn't say that. That was the one key word that Philadelphia fans wanted to hear. And he was wise enough not to go there because if he doesn't blitz, then they go, go, what the hell happened? You said blitz. How do you not blitz? <laughs> so uh, even, yeah. even in the uh, touching all the right bases, he did do justice to what the defense is probably going to be. Or will he? Will we see a change? He, this is not Jonathan Gannon. We believe it's going to be similar. There's going to be a lot of things that are uh, copied right out of Gannon's playbook. And Nick Sirianni is on record as saying, I've got my core philosophies and I want to see that to our defense coordinator. Is there wiggle room in there for uh, Sean Desai to be more I'll use the word aggressive. I won't even tie it to blitz. But will this defense be more aggressive than last year's defense? I think slightly, Jody. I mean, uh, look, Nick Sirianni laid out the blueprint. that What Jonathan Gannon ran last year, that, that's what he wants. That's what the organization wants. But I also think that you give your coordinator a little bit of flexibility in how he's able to shape his defense. And I think you are going to see a little bit more of an aggressive-minded defense. Look what Sean Desai did in Chicago a couple of years ago. And I thought that that sort of uh, is going to embody what you what you may see here in Philadelphia. I thought that that was much more of an attack style uh, defense. Now, I don't know that's going to be, he's not just going to, uh, all of a sudden they're not going to throw their philosophy in the garbage here. And, you know, but I, I think that he will have a little bit of a, a little bit of say in, in which he's able to do the scheme. Yeah. You know, I asked Sean about, uh, he, he brought up Vic Fangio on his own. So I, I followed up uh, on Vic and, you know, it was interesting his answer. Uh, he said, everybody's got to add their own identity to that defense and apply it. And the reality is there's only been a couple people that have really spent time with him and worked under him saying himself, you know, he's pointing the finger at himself and really learned under him and the other people they've learned under through different channels. It's like a game of telephone. How many times if we go down the line, what's the communication when you get to the end? In other words, he's saying, I worked under Vic. I learned under Vic. I was his you know, mentee. Um, I know what this defense is about. I'm just warning people, he's playing that defense. That's his defense, and he's a part of it. Now, in situations, you know, that becomes a feel. So if it's third and 13, maybe he uses the overload blitz a little bit more. Maybe he doesn't play invert cover two. Maybe mm -hmm. he get off the field. Maybe he does a better job. 
But the philosophy, I'm warning people, it's not changing. Exactly. I think situationally, as you alluded to, John, you're going to see a little, more, a little bit more aggressiveness, which is really what Jonathan Gannon it drew the ire of the fan base, being more passive in, in certain situations. So I think that Sean Desai, when presented with the opportunity, like you said, a third and 13, you're going to, you might see a little bit more aggressiveness on his end. You used the word field, Johnny Mac, for uh, the defense coordinator. Well, the offensive coordinator went there, too. Brian Johnson, when asked about comping to Shane Steichen and giving credit to Steichen for what he did as the play caller here, said he thought Shane Steichen had a great feel for calling plays. And I like the phrase that he used. It's part uh, art, part science. That some of it is analytics, and you do the number crunch, and you come up with a play. And sometimes... You got to feel the situation. You got to feel the moment. Although he wasn't near as excitable as Sean Desai. <laughs> Did you like what the new Eagles offense coordinator had to say yesterday? Yeah, I'm really impressed with Brian Johnson. I'm really excited to see what he's able to do with the offensive weapons that he has at his disposal. Obviously, this is someone that has a longstanding history with the quarterback, so you're going to see him accentuate what he does really well. And I think even take it to another level. I think that you're going to see the passing game expand even more here and Jalen Hurts have more liberties in what he's able to do uh, at the helm. Yeah, I think Brian's got it a little bit easier for a couple of reasons. One, he's been here uh, and he called the transition seamless. Um, I don't expect it to be seamless because Jody knows I have a ton of respect for Shane as a play caller. Sounds like Brian does as well, by the way. Um so I, I don't think it's going to be seamless, but the Eagles are so good on offense. I mean, so good. Um, um, you know, the quarterback is an MVP candidate. The offensive line, even with some uncertainty, at right guard is going to be top five at worst. Uh, the receivers, you know, as long as A.J. and Devontae stay healthy, that's top tier. Dallas Goddard, they're so talented, and they have enough at running back. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know who is going to be the lead back, but somebody's going to be just fine. Um, they have so much talent on offense. I think it's going to work itself out. The defense, there's so much more uncertainty, especially in the back seven. I think they'll be fine up front, but the back seven, I got a lot of a lot of questions about. Is that kind of how you see it? Yeah, I think Sean Desai has, certainly has his hands full. Trying to integrate all these different pieces and have, have them come together as a cohesiveness on that on that back end. Even at linebacker, they, right now they, they really can't line up at linebacker, John. I they, I don't know. He's going to have well, to. Well, they can. Creative. It wouldn't be good though. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to have to get creative in how he yeah. deploys it, deploys his, his personnel there. But you're right. I think Brian. You Johnson's- know, you bring that up, Andrew. I got to throw that. I forget who Jody. If you remember, because this scared the hell out of me. And I don't think it's going to happen. But somebody brought up playing Nolan Smith at all-ball linebacker, oh. one of our guests. And I didn't even think about that because I don't want to think about that. Uh, that would screw him up to no end. And then I had a fan bring it up as well. And I'm starting to get antsy. So many people are bringing this up. Hmm. And I'm like, the Eagles won't go that. They won't be dumb enough to go down that route, will they? I mean, you hope not, especially not for uh, a rookie. I, I think that that would be malpractice to throw him in in a position where he's not going to be set up to ideally be successful. That's not how I view him, and that's not how many view him long term. I don't think that's how anybody views yeah. him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, scary. And, and I only we, bring we that can, up because we can yeah. get into the debate of how you describe a player as a positional uh, spot that he's playing. It, it, it all matters how you use him on the field, what his responsibilities are on that given play. I could see him as a quote unquote off ball linebacker if they have only four other linemen on the field. If he's, if you got a five man line and he's one of your linebackers, yeah, now you got an issue. Now you got a problem because yeah. he's not. But if they, and they played a lot of five man line last year, uh, which quote unquote, depending on how you describe it, could have made uh, Hassan Reddick an off ball linebacker. Because no, we got one, line, that, 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 one that, other linebacker on the field and five no. guys on the defensive line. Well, is it mandatory you have two linebackers on every play? Because it is- used to be you needed three linebackers. Now we're down to like one. Is it mandatory to say there's got to be a minimum of two linebackers on every play? Well, all ball linebackers description of what they're playing. They're playing off the ball. Mm-hmm. They're playing, you know, Nicobe Dean. They're playing Kaiser White. That's, you know, last year, TJ Edwards. Those are all ball linebackers. And, and this is why it drives me crazy. And, you know, uh, Jody, it drives me crazy when people call Hassan Reddick a linebacker, I well, don't let me, know. Then let me ask, let me ask both you guys. What is an off ball linebacker? And Oh, by the way, is there any such thing as on ball linebacker anymore in the national football league? There's there really edge players. There's edge players. Uh, it, Hassan mm-hmm. Reddick's then, an edge then, player. Then, then, Nolan Smith is the, an edge player. Give me Jonathan the breakdown between an edge player and an off ball linebacker. I just what, told you. All ball, all ball linebackers play off the ball. They're not on the line of scrimmage. Right. They're Mike linebackers. They're Will linebackers. They're off the ball. That's why they're called. Oh, so hand ball in the dirt. You got to have your hand in the dirt to be a. No, you an don't edge have to player. have your hand in the dirt. Most edge rushers stand up and they're coming at you. Yeah, and they're, they're on the line of scrimmage. Okay. They are so on the line of scrimmage. It's all depicted by how many yards behind the line of scrimmage you start to play. Well, you also have different responsibilities. The responsibility that's, that's of an edge rusher is, is to go uh, get the quarterback, is to rush the quarterback. The responsibility of an off-ball linebacker is to blow to the football. Running base. Maybe you're in coverage if it's a passing play. Maybe you're checking a running back covering. They have different responsibilities. Exactly. Read your keys. As Andrew says, they're completely, completely different positions. And this is one of my pet peeves with the NFL because there's a lot of fans who see that term linebacker, like they say, because a lot of people describe Nolan Smith uh, as, as a linebacker because he's an edge rusher. He's an old school three four linebacker, is yes. what he is. Yeah, he's an edge rusher. And by the way, that drives me crazy because nobody plays three four. Nobody, nobody plays, plays four three. No. And people still use that terminology, and it drives me insane. Andrew, does it drive you as insane as it drives me? Oh yeah, absolutely. All the all the different terminology and everything like that. It, it's it's mind blowing how far it's come, but it, it's definitely uh, frustrating. Yeah, keys. You said it. You know, all ball linebackers are playing. They're they're the guys who are defending the running plays. They're the guys that Jordan Davis is trying to keep the blockers off of. Mm-hmm. They're the guys who are trying to cover the tight ends, the backs. Now, every once in a while, you got to throw a curveball. We mentioned ESP, ESP used to criticize Gannon for putting Hassan Reddick in coverage. Well, 
a pitcher doesn't throw a hundred mile an hour fastball every pitch. Occasionally right. you got to throw a curveball. Yeah, you got to so shake you, it up. Yeah. Yeah. You drop them into coverage to fool the quarterback, but not consistently. And 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 that's kind of my point. Anyway, sorry, Andy. But I, I I and then I got bad news for you, John. I think that is going to be part of Nolan Smith. And again, it all comes down to percentages. Do I think he's going to be in dropping in coverage sixty percent no. of the time? No, of no. course not. No. But it's going to be more than once every 25 plays. I think they will use him uh, as a quasi-edge, quasi-linebacker type player. I think that, well, that can happen. And again, uh, what you tell me, how often would that be acceptable to John McMullen if you're going to drop him in coverage? Same <laughs> same amount as Sasan Reddick. Basically, not much. Not much yeah, is acceptable. I, I, I think the next couple of months are going to be really telling based on what the Eagles do at linebacker. It'll tell you how they're going to use Nolan. If maybe they're looking to deploy Nolan Smith in the way that Jody's alluding to. And, and by the way, to, to the Eagles credit, I, I maybe three, three of the scouts, they, they ball, they, they evaluated Nolan Smith as an edge rusher. So from the personnel department, they brought in an edge rusher. Now they can't control what the coaches do. That's up to the coaches. Um, right. But they evaluated him, evaluated him as an edge rusher. So there was no Micah Parsons. Oh, we're going to play him at all ball linebacker. They evaluated evaluated him as an edge rusher. So that that's a good. Sign. But that scouting department you're talking about has left the coaching staff with the four linebackers they have as of right now. So <laughs> if you don't give them enough bullets in a position that they need to fire a gun every once in a while, what are you going to well, do? What scares you got to make something up. And that means, yeah, that's maybe what we should play me. Smith the linebacker. But here, And I'm going to say something that is going to upset people. But Nicholas Morrow at weak side linebacker is better than Nolan Smith at weak side linebacker. Well, you're right. That's true. Yeah. 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 So that's the problem. That's the problem. Never played it before. Why would you, just because he's an athlete, just throw him into the deep end of the pool? I, 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 and by the way, I don't think the Eagles are going to do that. I, I, I've just heard a number of people mention it as a potential because there's an obvious need and he's not going to get a lot of playing time at edge, right? He's going to be the fourth edge rusher. Mm -hmm. So, I get it from that standpoint, but I think the Eagles are are smart enough to avoid it. But I went into a uh, wormhole. I apologize for that, Andrew. <laughs> oh, good. We'll, we'll get back to the schedule. Now, one of the things I find um, funny, and I sent Jody a text, I always look out for the first disrespectful tweet about the schedule. The NFL is so disrespectful for the Eagles every year. Um did you get a disrespectful vibe? Any points of the schedule? Not really. No, I mean the schedule is the schedule. I, I thought that having a week ten bye is actually a pretty good spot. Getting ready for the stretch run. Yeah, I love that spot. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously that that quick turnaround. You're getting it out of the way early. That 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 Thursday night, that second week in Minnesota against Minnesota. I I didn't get any. I mean, or, or are they alluding to the Tom Brady? 
commemoration. And well, the one, or... the, the first tweet we did get was the Tom Brady, the uh, New England. At, at first of all, I said it's 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 a bad team, but I think you know I actually talked. It was Elliot, I can say, because Elliot's my friend. But mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, I, I did talk to him at the Novica, and I was kind of chuckling about it. And he said it was more to do with the NFC champion should open at home, so he felt that was the disrespectful okay. part of it. Um, I don't know. Is that disrespectful that the NFC champions don't have to open at home? Uh, I mean, I guess depending on how you look at it, but I, I, I'm not one that plays into the whole the NFL schedule makers or against the Eagles or anything like that. I think that's just the way it shook out. Now the Eagles will begin the season on the road for a fourth consecutive year, which is the team's longest streak. Since doing since the it 80s, for right? Six can say, yeah, 83 to 88. Um, so that happened on the road to open up quite a bit recently. Hmm. Just throwing it out there. The reason why I'm saying it's not disrespectful, Dom Brady honorarium aside, this is a year where they have more road games than home games. Every other year, you're going to have one extra game. One year, it's going to be a home game. One yeah. year, it's going to be a road yeah. game. And this year, it's a road game. So you got nine road games. If you don't, if the Eagles had gotten a home game, someone would have said it's disrespectful for the Eagles to have to play nine of their last 16 games on the road. Well, you, <laughs> exactly. That's the schedule. You got to be able to get all the games in. And if you're trying to keep it balanced in a year where you have an extra road game, I would start with a road game. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to please everybody. No, no, you're not. Uh, all right. Let's end it here. Uh, at Andrew DeCecco. Make sure you follow uh, Andrew on Twitter, Inside the Birds, uh, InsideTheBirds.com. Um, Michael Clay talked kind of, you know, you know, he's playing the lounge while Sean Desai and uh, um, um, uh, Brian Johnson are playing the big room. But, uh, you know, the punting situation is interesting for a couple reasons. One, the Eagles actually brought in competition. Mm-hmm. Um, that tells me a lot. They they also changed um, Aaron Seapas's number um, from eight. They to gave 10. that back to Marcus Mariota to ten. And but here's the problem: they not only changed his number. That's not that part's not that big of a deal to me, Andrew. They made him share the number. That's not good for a veteran. Am mm-hmm. I reading too much into that? Yeah, but now. They also gave Ty Zetner, who's the new punter, 49. So it's not like they're saying, hey, Ty, you're going to be our punter. Matt Arise is out in there. Everybody's excited about Matt Arise and not everybody because, you know, there's some still some issues there. Um, are the Eagles going to have a new punter? I think that sharing a number, and sometimes I, I do read into that, John. I think right now that's sort of indicating this is a legitimate competition. A lot of times you see teams bring in, Camp bodies just to share snaps. But I think in this situation, Ty Zetner will have a legitimate opportunity here to unseat Aaron Sipas as the Eagles punter. And I think that's that's sort of a big indication in, in that direction. All right. I'm going to use a card playing analogy for my final question for you, Andrew. Are you a card player? Yeah, a little bit. I dabble. OK, um, that's what we like to hear. Howie Roseman's had a hell of a game. This offseason, he's raked in a lot of pots. He's had a lot of winning hands come his way. 
and he's got more chips at the table than almost anybody else he's playing against. Should he use that chip stack that he's built up with the roster that he's put together and as the Eagles where they're at right now to maybe try and make one more big play? I've been singing the praises of Patrick Queen here for about three weeks after the Ravens decided not to pick up his option on his fifth year. Doesn't mean they have to trade him. Doesn't mean they will trade him. Just means I think they're open to trading him. And oh, by the way, when their general manager last week said, we think of him as a Pro Bowl level player. Yeah, and you didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Come on. Do you really think that weak uh, effort is going to fly? I think that was him trying to build up Patrick Queen's value, which tells me he's available. That's the one position where, in my mind, there's no question the Philadelphia Eagles are weaker going into the season than they were last year. Every other position you can make the argument it is as good, if not better, Will Howie Roseman pay the price of a day two pick to go out and get a player like Patrick Queen, even if he's just a rental for one year? I think, Jody, uh, because of the circumstances this year, and you look at what the Eagles did in retaining someone like a Bradbury and restructuring Slay and doing all these things, I think he's very well aware that the window is open to pounce on, on a Super Bowl run here and take advantage of it. So in that case, I say yes. Under ordinary circumstances, I don't. I wouldn't see him parting with Anything of substance to get a linebacker, that's not a position that the organization values. But, yeah, I mean, Patrick Queen would be a tremendous pick, to a tremendous addition to pair opposite N'Kobe Dean. They're putting a lot on the shoulders of N'Kobe Dean right now, who I do think is poised for a breakout. But, I mean, he hasn't. He has 34 career snaps. I think they, they need to pair him opposite a, a veteran that can play at a high level. I think Nicholas Moore would be a nice third option. But I, I think, yes, they should do that, and it's not something that – uh, that I would that I would take lightly from Howie. I think I would. You have to take advantage of it while they, you know, while the opportunity is there. Strike while the iron is hot. You and I are in agreement. Andrew, great stuff. Appreciate it much. You hopping on. Uh, you got plenty to write about over the next week with uh, the coordinators and the schedule. And then we're all going to have to take a deep breath before camp starts because there's not going to be a whole hell of a lot going <laughs> on. We'll be reading your stuff in the upcoming week. Thanks for jumping in with us today. Absolutely, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Andrew. Checo from uh, inside the. Still got OTAs, Jody. Uh, OTAs are going to be exciting. Uh, May thirtieth. Are, are we sure the Eagles are having OTAs? Because yes, they seem yes. to believe less is more. They are having less OTAs than most teams, but they are having OTAs. Yes. Okay. That's uh, when 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 you actually tell me you got to leave the show early because you have to go over there because the Eagles are actually May thirtieth, baby. May thirtieth. Okay, well, we got a couple of weeks to go before May 30th. We'll see if that actually arrives. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Chris Franklin's going to join us coming up about a half an hour from now. Stay with us here on Birds 365.
here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. This is Governor Ed Rendell urging you to vote for my friend, Judge Pat Dugan, for Superior Court. I appointed Judge Dugan in 2007 to the Philadelphia Municipal Court, where he now serves as its president judge. Pat is a proud Army veteran of 23 years. He served two tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's also recommended by the Philadelphia Bar Association. But most importantly, he bleeds eagles green and hates those Dallas Cowboys. So get out and vote for number three, Judge Pat Dugan for Superior Court. Paid for by Dugan 2023. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Schedule release and the first chance to meet the Eagle coordinators. Uh, Johnny, I just want to jump back into the schedule for a second, but I do want to ask you some more questions about both Chuan Desai and, and Brian Johnson as well. Um, five primetime games. Did I count them up right? That, uh, yeah, I think five, you said five. yesterday. They leave it open, uh, one for flexing purposes. Um, so I got that one right. The rare you did hit that <laughs> nail right on the head. And if I were a betting man, I would not be surprised if they get flexed in on one of those games. The only thing that uh may keep that from happening is they do have a couple of uh, well, they've got. No, they got uh, all primetime games. They got a couple of 425s, which means a lot of probably the national game. And Fox is going to put their foot down and go, no, you're not taking yeah. that one. So uh, they may or may not get that sixth primetime game. But, uh, yeah, your your wishes for Sunday at 1, not too plentiful, my no. man. Uh, it tells got... you, by the way, there are three 1 o'clock games. Uh, both three games out of 17. Them. Yeah, both games it's not a Washington. big percentage. Both both teams against uh, both games against Washington, terrible team projected. Uh, in Arizona, terrible team projected. Um, yeah, that's it. Everything else, and you mentioned, and and look at Buffalo, San Francisco, back to back four twenty fives. 
not mm-hmm. prime time, but CBS for Buffalo, Fox for San Francisco. Those are two games that they wanted, and you know they got those. They will not games. be flexed into a night no. position uh, on on Sunday night or Monday night. Uh, so, and uh, at least the report is that ESPN can't do it till late in the season. Those games would be. Early enough, I think that uh, they would be untouchable anyway. Uh, yes, uh, as you joked yesterday, the disrespect card will be played by uh, someone somewhere because they feel the need to always play it. There's no way you can look at this and say the Eagles would disrespect it. No. They are being given their props as the NFC champions uh, Super Bowl participant last year. And yeah, I think all the networks want some piece of the Philadelphia Eagles over the course of the season. And that's shown by the uh, placement of the games, the five primetime games and the uh, plethora of late afternoon games. that these are going to be considered, quote unquote, national games. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so ridiculous. And you've heard it for years, Jody. I mean, on the air, the disrespect, everything. The Eagles, well, in the times Eagles, the Eagles have been disrespected, deservedly so when they haven't been good. If they don't look like a good team, yeah, they're well, gonna yeah, I mean that 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 rolls road. overall. But you know, and the Eagles send out their stuff, and you know they've uh, they've appeared in the most in the second most primetime games ninety nine in this century. The only team that has and played played in more primetime games is obviously the Dallas Cowboys. Now people are going, well, they're disrespected. No, Dallas is Dallas. But Dallas aside, nobody's been in primetime more than the Philadelphia Eagles. The NFL loves this team. If anything, start looking at the, the, the other teams. They're complaining. Like I said, Minnesota week two. You got to come open up and build up your two consecutive years? I guarantee you they got to call over that. Uh, the league office, um, you know, there's plenty of teams. Last year, the Eagles had a better case of being disrespected, to be honest, because they had like four games on a short week, um, which was, it's not disrespect. It's just, it's tough. Uh, and they don't even have, they don't have anything like that this year. The, the league loves this team, loves this team. Uh, and, and that's my only point. And I agree with your point wholeheartedly. The uh, immediate, uh, nobody likes Philadelphia. Everybody hates Philadelphia and we don't care. Oh, except that we do care because we then want to bitch afterwards that we're being disrespectful. We really didn't care. We yeah. wouldn't say anything. We'd yeah. laugh. We'd smile and say, yeah, here's what you can do with your way you're handling it. No, no. We care at times too much. All right. So we did run down the schedule area for those who just streamed in. Both John and I have the Eagles getting off to a pretty quick start. John has them winning their first five and then losing to the Jets. I have them winning their first six, but then losing to the Dolphins thereafter. Are the comps going to start immediately last year to this year? And they should. I get it. Same coach, same quarterback, four-fifths of the offensive line. There's a lot of things that will tie last year's team to this year's team, and it should. There are roster changes, but not – major roster changes are we going to start the conversation about 17 and 0 again or can you uh, i'm sure it'll start uh, i'm sure it'll start pretty quickly because oh there that uh first five games looks pretty easy um to be honest now much like i said last year with detroit 
I'm going to say New England's probably a little bit tougher than it might look on paper just because it's a season opener, home opener, and those are always a little bit more difficult. But I think ultimately the Eagles find a way, out-talent them, get out of there with a win. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back at you, Jody. How disappointed before that Jets game? So I have them losing, as you mentioned, October 15th. You have them losing for the first time October 22nd. How disappointed would you be if they lost one of those games, Minnesota at Tampa Bay, Washington at the Rams? Yeah, pretty disappointed. They they will be, and again, uh, point spreads are not the be-all, end-all. We see that it happens all the time that – uh, upsets come down in any sporting event that you have. Uh, so it isn't a lock as soon as quote unquote Vegas. And you know, when I say Vegas, Vegas is everywhere now these days because of legalized sports gambling in, in so many States across our country. Um, if it were just that easy, let Vegas make the line and then decide, Oh, they're going to win. Oh, they're going to win. They're going to lose. They're going to, it doesn't necessarily go that way, but it's a pretty damn good indicator of the way the games are going to go. Not 100%, but a good indicator just the same. Eagles-Patriots, they'll be favored by more than a field goal, even on the road. Washington will probably be at least a touchdown, if not more than that. Tampa will be on the north side of five, would be my general guess. They don't. I don't think they'll make a more than a touchdown field goal uh, favorite on the road. But then again, if the Eagles are two and zero and Tampa's zero and two, I didn't. Yeah, maybe. I didn't look up. I yeah. didn't look up Tampa's first two games. But if it's two and zero against zero and two, it could be seven and a half on the road against Tampa, home against Washington, guaranteeing you uh, that there'll be a double digit fave. Uh, uh. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A more than a touchdown, babe. And against the Rams, it's going to be at least a field goal. There won't even be a game out of those five where it'll be less than a three-point line. They're going to be favored yeah. by more than a field goal in all of them. Well, they already put out the opening lines. It was three and a half in New England, um, some places, and I'm sure it'll flux. And that was, to tell you the truth, a little bit light uh, because of New England's reputation, history, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean – and that, see, to me, like they're going to be 5-0, and oh, and it's going to fuel those expectations even higher. And I think a lot of people aren't going to recognize, well, you know, this is the soft part of the schedule, um, and and tougher days are coming. Um, and, and certainly post-buy are those tougher days. That's when they really ramp up. But even before pre-buys, uh, November 5th, Dallas at home, that's a tough game. Um, again, I'm going to go home and home split, but that's a tough game. Um, so that, that stretch from November 5th through Seattle, December 17th, that, that will tell you what this team is. And 
I think the positive part of the way the schedule is laid out, they get to gain confidence as they're going through the growing pains because they're going to be able to beat some of those early teams, even making some mistakes that they probably wouldn't be able to make later in the season. And I think people who wrote it down, printed it out, have it in front of them on their computer screen or their phone or whatever else, when they're going through the schedule, they realize, hey, nice, easy, early schedule, but we've got a gauntlet to run in the mid to back end of the schedule, and then it lightens up. Oh, they know it today, but when they get out 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, people will forget that the big part of the schedule is yet to come. They'll just be basking in the glow of we're undefeated again, just like we were last year. It's general fan reaction. That's yeah. not natural for people to do. You yeah. stay in the moment. The only thing when you're playing the game, the only thing that you think of is at most the game you got next week. And a lot of times that doesn't happen until this week game ends. And then they focus on next week's game. But people aren't looking three. Today, people are looking through 17 weeks. Everybody's looking at the entire schedule. Here's where we can win. Here's where we can oh, This is tough. We can cakewalk there. Yeah, everybody has a schedule in their hand and they're looking at it en masse. When you get into the actual season, it's borderline week to week. It's it's two weeks. By the way, we haven't uh, we haven't done uh, the exercise, and I like this, so I give you credit. The exercise of of how you feel if you're forced to go one up or one down. How you feel about the team? I'm at twelve and five. You're at thirteen and four. Now, last year I remember. I think we were both at eleven at the start, and I went down. You went up. Yeah, I went up. You were obviously we were, correct. We were both short because that only well, got yeah, me to no, twelve. They nobody, won fourteen games. Nobody thought the Eagles were going to be as good as it, or or they're lying, one or the other. Um, this year I'm at twelve and five, but it forced. I'd go up. Um, you're at 13-4. Are you going up yeah, or are you going down? Uh, if if I had to move off that number, yeah, I don't. That's tough. That's, it, is, it really is tough. Yeah. I don't think they're winning. I'm really locked into my 13-4 and four number. Do I think they're going to win 14? No. Do I think they're going to win as few as 12? No. I really like my thirteen, but I gotta you. move I'm one way or the you. other. I'm forcing you. That's yes, the you point are. of it. That's the and point of the exercise. You, if you force me, I would go up to fourteen. Wow. Uh, I right. would. I would uh, more so say up fourteen to fourteen. Down. Back. Back at back, back to back, back. Fourteen to year. Fourteen years. And there's no question. Anyone who says this year's schedule is the same or easier than last year. Come on, stop it. You're not paying attention. And the way that it played out, and it'll happen the same thing happened this year that happened last year. The schedule for me looked tougher prior to the season than the way it played out. You go back and see what the teams were, not only in their games against the Eagles, but all of their other games. It really won a hard schedule last year. They really did have an easy schedule and took advantage of it went 14 and three. As we sit here today, as many teams as they're playing, that made the playoffs, grabbing a really tough division, AFC East as your opponent across. And, oh, by the way, the one other game you get, game 17, is the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champion, the oh, team man. to beat you in the Super Bowl. You can't draw a tougher schedule than that. Yeah, and, but if you're good, um, you know, with Kansas City being 
a, a perfect example. If you're good, you're good. And, uh, you know, you're going to play a first place schedule. The minute you're in first place and the season ends, you know, you're going to play a first place schedule, which doesn't mean as much as it used to because it's, it's a, even a little bit more structured. But when you're having that extra game, you're going to play a first place team. So it's first place against first place. Um, and that's part of it. But good teams are good teams. And they're going to win games uh, uh, no matter what the schedule is. Um, And I do think the Eagles are a very good team. But, you know, it's interesting. If you flip this schedule and you had that, that, that group of games, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle, even throw the Giants, and that was the first six weeks. Yeah, we talked about Kansas City. Everybody was saying for weeks, you know, it was the season going to open at Kansas city. Yeah. And then mama Kelsey week two, it was supposed to be early. Um, if you had that at the start of the season, then I think you're, you're in, you're in a two and three, three and two mode coming off a 14 win season. I think that's underrated, Jody, because I think people start getting antsy at that point because the expectations are so high. That's why I love the setup of the schedule. They have the they have the bad teams at the start. They're not bad, you know. Minnesota's not a bad team, but right. they're, the they're, lesser team. Yeah. Um, at the start of the season, I think it lets it allows them to get their footing. I think it's a a, a really big break, to be honest. And a key game, and you and I disagreed on this one because we acknowledge Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, two of the four on the road, really tough. And then at Seattle. And Seattle made the playoffs this past year. They were the the 12th man is one of the toughest places to play in the National Football League when they're good. And they were good last year. They weren't great. They made the playoffs, got bounced in the first round. But they, they were good. Can they do that again with Geno Smith? Is is he going to be a one-year wonder? Or is he going to, as he really found his footing in the National Football League in year eight of his career, year nine of his career? I don't know about that. That's the key game. That that will help. You said that uh, that that run will dictate it. And we kind of put the four together. But then you add that fifth Seattle. If they go two and two in that uh, four-game section, John, which I think is fair, unless you're either an eagle acolyte and you got the uh, shades on and you're saying, "Oh, we're gonna beat them all four and zero, and uh, nobody can beat us," or if you're a, a Negadelphia guy, so that's where the season ends. They're going in the tank, two and two. They come out of that two and two. They've got Seattle that next week. That really is a key game. You you said uh, earlier, well, they're gonna take take advantage of a very easy early schedule but we'll find out what they are after that run oh i think we'll find out with the seattle if they go two and two in that run there and then they turn around and lose to seattle i think we'll have nervousness here in philadelphia i think yeah and that's what i have happening i i have them going two and three over that stretch and losing in seattle before riding the ship on christmas and and then you get the the breather with arizona um yeah probably i mean they'll they'll there'll be some concerns but that's i i you know i 
and I'm with you. And and Xander, we did a schedule show last night here on on Jacob Sports, the YouTube page, and and you know I mentioned it last night, and Xander brought up, well, you know, let's see Gino do it again, which is fair. Um, it's very fair. There's been more bad football than from Gino Smith than good football, but uh, you know I think they're a good team. I think um, they're a better team than people realize. Um, and, and I think he'll be fine. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I think he'll be fine at, at quarterback, but I just hate the spot. I just hate the spot of going. We, we know teams have had so much struggle, West coast teams coming East and vice versa to begin with, uh, the body clock, the so-called body clock games. But again, it's the second game on the road and the game before it's, second consecutive game and the game before is at Dallas, which is it's Dallas week. Now, Nick Sirianni is smartened up to the point. He's not going to wear the beat Dallas t-shirt. He's not going to try to make something more of it than, than you should. He he's learned from that. Um, but it's still people get juiced up for that more than, all right, Seattle's not in our division. Yeah, it's in the conference, but not in the division. It doesn't have as much oomph. I think there's a natural letdown to that effect, and it's a really difficult place to play. I just hate the spot. I hate the spot, um, and and that's why I think the Eagles are going to probably slip up in that game. And if you think they're going to lose three out of five in that stretch, you would go – Man, is there enough time on the back end to get it back in motion, to get back on a winning track, to have that really good feel going into the playoffs. I'd like to compare it to last year. John, they lost two of their last three games. Yeah, They, they, they didn't get a win uh, to end the season until the Giants came to town, and they uh, certainly – By the way, they played poorly in that game. I mean, they, I think people overstated – the threat because the final score was close, but you know, the giants were playing their JV. You know, they, they, they did not exactly look like world beaters. Right. But um, the giants also scored late. It, uh, yeah. You, you didn't really think the giants had any. No, I, I'm the game. one who said they had no shot of winning that game at, at all points, but there's a bunch of people. It was 22, 16, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. It was, sort of a nonsense game. It was and, a nothing and, burger is what that game yeah. was. And and they proved it when the Giants came here for the playoffs and it was 38 to 7. Um but remember at the time Jalen Hurts was out. He had a shoulder injury that looked pretty significant, was pretty significant, and he didn't look like himself. So there was a little bit of hemming and hawing um that in hindsight as you mentioned is a nothing burger. Um, but yeah, they didn't look good. They look, people forget now because they won the Super Bowl. So they look terrible down the stretch of that season after, uh, Carson Wentz got hurt. And, you know, they had a couple games to the point where Doug Peterson said, all right, we got to scrap what we're doing. John DiPolippo, Frank Reich, figure out what Nick Bowles does well. Let's ship this entire thing. Um, People kind of forget those struggles at the end of the regular season. And let me say this about yesterday's two uh, coordinator 
uh, gathering, so you guys got first chance to talk to the coordinators. Um, Desha- uh, Sean Desai seems like a likable guy. He said all the right things. He had all the right notes. He sucked up to the Philadelphia fan base the best way he possibly could. Good on him. We'll see what he does. Uh, the new offensive winner, Brian Johnson, a little more reserved. He never laughed. At least the side laughed. Somebody said something, I forget what it was, that he actually laughed out loud, which you like, at least I like to see. Um, much more buttoned up was Brian Johnson. But the one thing that he said that I liked, you just made reference to it, is he's not going to try and put a square peg in a round hole. Oh, it was about the running backs. He was asked about uh, how are you going to use Rashad Penny, how you use the DeAndre Swift. He said, listen, they bring different things to the table, gives us great flexibility at the running back position because they are different type players, and we're going to get them to do what they do well and make it work for our offense. That's one of my biggest knocks on coaches that, and head coaches certainly, but head coaches who are calling plays in football are, are uh, a bigger contributor to it. You've got your philosophy and your philosophy is uh, the way that you're going to do things. And you're going to take guys who might not necessarily strong at what you would hope would be the best uh, case scenario in their positions in your day. And you're going to just take the results as they come rather than, try and tinker with your system to get the most out of players and what their strengths are. I really like the fact that Johnson went there yesterday and said, I'm not a guy who's going to put a round peg in a square hole. We're going to figure out what our guys do. Well, we're going to mesh that with our philosophies and our systems and the like. And I think that's the best way to coach. I was really glad to hear that out of him. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. It's, the best way to coach. I agree with you that some people don't do it, um, but everybody says they're going to do it. So, you know, I, that's something you always say, everybody says, and then they don't do it and they fall back into their crutch of their philosophy of their, or their scheme. The Eagles have shown pretty consistently, especially offensively. Look, a lot of people think the defense changed from year one to year two. It didn't. They just got better players better and they players, were able yep. to, to play what they wanted to play more. So things shifted from, you know, you mentioned all the 50 fronts. Um, they used it more because they had better players to utilize it. Um, whereas the year prior, they had Jannard Avery. And, and Javon Hargrave trying to play nose tackle. Well, uh, good luck with that. You can't play as much 50. So the defensive scheme didn't change. The philosophy didn't change. The talent level changed. The offense, they were a completely different offense at the beginning of Nick Sirianni's first season. They were trying to throw the ball, 11 personnel, more like what Indianapolis did. Um, and then they said, all right, this is not working. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts was still a developing quarterback. They felt they put too much on his plate too soon. They scaled it bar- back into more of the RPO zone read stuff, and everything took off. I give him tons of credit for that. Uh, a lot of people don't do that. They say they'll do it, but they don't do it. Yep. So I think Nick Sirianni deserves a lot of credit, and Brian Johnson's a part of it. I believe him when he says that, but Everybody says it. I mean, that's one of those things. And well, until not everybody does it. Uh, maybe this is my naivete, but until 
when someone hasn't been given the chance to prove that they're going to do something or not do something, I'm going to take them at their word. Now, if you go out there and you don't get it done and or you basically come out and lie to us, oh, then I'm going to beat the snot out of you. I'm going to hit you over the head. But this is the first chance we've had to hear him talk about how he will do play calling. And if he says he's going to be open-minded and tap into the skill sets that his players have and uh, adjust the system, and you never get away from your core of core values, but there's always flexibility to be had. I was glad he said what he did. Now I hope that it actually plays that way. Once the season starts, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You got Mac and Mac here on birds 365. Our pal, Mr. Day after he joined us most Mondays during the season. And we figured this was a day after the schedule schedule post game day schedule. Chris Franklin from NJ.com up to join us here on birds 365. He's next. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. This is Governor Ed Rendell urging you to vote for my friend, Judge Pat Dugan, for Superior Court. I appointed Judge Dugan in 2007 to the Philadelphia Municipal Court, where he now serves as its president judge. Pat is a proud Army veteran of 23 years. He served two tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's also recommended by the Philadelphia Bar Association. But most importantly, he bleeds Eagles green and hates those Dallas Cowboys. So get out and vote for number three, Judge Pat Dugan for Superior Court. Paid for by Dugan 2023.
I'm Nicole Jody McDonald here with Young Birds 365 Football Friday. Schedule release, new coordinators met. And Chris Franklin's with us on a Friday. We almost always have him on a Monday. You got plans for the weekend, Franklin? You going to go out and do anything you're not proud of? Uh, that, isn't that every day? It sounds like we're going to try to just that's you got to have fun. That's you got to live it up. Yeah, <laughs> good, good answer out of you. Well, thank you. I, I try. I try to bring the joy that I share with everybody that's around. And all right, yeah, we we need some joy here. <laughs> I think people are still hung over from that Sixers game, so we need a little bit of joy. Uh, Chris Franklin. Yeah, we see the pain. I brought the pain back. You get, you seem to have gotten over it, but I brought the pain back. It's um, it's one of those times where I'm actually glad I don't cover the team anymore. Where you start seeing like it's almost like watching Groundhog Day. It's like, wait, oh, we've yeah. been here before. Wait, a game seven. Oh wait, oh yeah, second round. Uh, we know how the, it's almost, you know what the ending <laughs> is, but you can't stop it. Yeah, we've seen this movie. <laughs> We're tired of the sequel. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think yeah. things are going to end up well. But you never know. You got to play the games now. Uh, Go ahead. We'll I say if, 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 I still say if I saw Scott Frost's referee tonight, if you see Tony Brothers the referee tomorrow, yeah, just don't even watch the game. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, now the paper is out for the NFL. Got to play the games, but we'll open the floor. Just your thoughts. What do you like? What do you dislike about that schedule? Well, I think it's the reverse of the 2021 where you start out really easy and then there's that stretch after the bye week where they start. I call it the stretch of death, where you started yeah. with Kansas City, and then I end it with Seattle. But you really could extend it to the Giants because of the division game, and it could be really close already with that. That was just that was really tough. And then the the fact that you start the season out on the road, which get it, but then you come back for a Thursday night game, like it is that's that's a rough that's a rough combination to start with. But I guess every every team look right now is pretty looking like. Why'd you guys give us this? Why'd you guys give us that? Yeah, uh, being on the road is no uh, walk in the park for the Vikings, as John's pointed out a couple times. Opening the Eagle season two years running for the Vikings. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. They didn't about handle it well tonight. last year. I don't think they're going to handle it well this year. Yeah, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins' prime time doesn't work real well yeah. for Minnesota. <laughs> All right, here's the question I have for you. If I tell you one of these is going to happen and the other one isn't going to happen, you tell me which one is more likely. The Eagles will win 14 regular season games again, or the Eagles will go back to the Super Bowl. Which one is more likely? I say. And, and well, say by the way, 14 or more. If they go 15 and two, that counts Ooh. down. I'm not going to go, oh, they, 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 they didn't win 14. They won 50. No, I mean 14 or more. I'd go the Eagles going back to the Super Bowl. And the reason why it has this, I have them going 12 and five. I think Seattle, uh, not Seattle, sorry. San Francisco is going to win the one seed. So I'm thinking like, I just look at some of the schedule. I think they 12. I, I was going back and forth between 11 and 12. I think it's 12, but then they'd have to go out to the coast for the NFC Championship game where, you know, anything can happen is it's tough to go cross-country and play. But, yeah, I think it's more toward – I think they do go back to the NFC Championship game, but I think it's more towards they go back to the Super Bowl as opposed to 14, 15 games with this schedule. It's, it's, they do that. It's, it's, that's impressive being 14. 14 with this schedule. Very tough. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that Seattle game. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because when I look at this schedule – you know, if they play better teams, 
but that to me is the most difficult individual spot uh, on this schedule. On the road, second consecutive road game after going to Dallas a year uh, back in the Super Bowl season. Um, the Eagles had the Rams and the Seahawks on their schedule, and the NFL did them a favor back to back games. They stayed on the West Coast. That's not going to happen here. They'll go to Dallas. They'll come home. They got to go out to Seattle. Seattle's a good team. That is a really difficult place to play. That is the individual spot wise. That looks like the most difficult game to me. Um, thoughts on that? I think one for me, I, I can see that happening. I mean, Seattle hasn't been kind to them as well, too. I mean, they've struggled every time they've gone up there. To, to win is it's been a rough place. But the one for me is the, the one against the Bills because you're coming off that Chiefs game where you know it's going to be emotional. And then you have the look ahead factor that you had the 49ers after that. And it's like, oh, yeah, you only had, you had the Buffalo oh, Bills. One of the teams that was too. Yeah. That's so a good, like, uh, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that look ahead. You're right. You got revenge, Kansas City, revenge, San Francisco. Well, it, that more from the 49ers perspective, but people be fired up from that game. And then in between is Buffalo, which is just kind of there, but is really a good team. Yeah, yeah. we all know that in this city, the Cowboys are that rival. But right now, when you're looking at a team that's getting close there, I think the 49ers are inching very close, especially with all the stuff that was said this offseason, that stuff that was said last week, you know, with Debo Samuel and everything. Yeah. I think that game is starting – and these teams are going to be good for a while. That I think that could start to be the rivalry in the NFC. All right, I want to look at a key game, an absolute must-have, got to win it, no questions asked, week 17 against the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon coming back to Philadelphia. We know what kind of reception he's going to get from the fan base. But let's I love him. The- Let's say the Cardinals are 2-13 and 13 at that time. And either Colt McCoy or David Blau or Clayton Toon is the quarterback. David Blau. The I love David Blau. Is in wow. there and quarterbacking. I think they got Driscoll, too, as a matter of fact. Uh, they got they, – they unlike who – oh, Tampa just signed uh, the Rams guy. So they finally Lawford, added their, yeah. their third quarterback to their roster. Arizona's got five. Tampa's got all of three. Um, but one of those guys uh, who uh, is not their usual starter, Mr. Murray, is starting a quarterback. How much pressure is going to be on Jonathan Gannon to go full-fledged Tankapalooza and make sure he gets the first pick in the draft? Because I think they've come to town about 2-13. and 13, But there'll be another 2-13 and 13 or a 3 and uh, uh, 12 I teams. I think that kind of takes care of itself if you're starting Ch- Ch- who? Chandler Toon? Who? Yeah, if they're going in there, you got you don't have Kyler Murray and everybody else. Yeah. God, that's there. They're smoked. And, but at yeah. least Kyler will be hurt. I don't think they'll actually sit him for one of those guys, but yeah. uh, <laughs> Kyler can get hurt at the drop of a hat, so I would not be surprised. Nobody knows more about tanking than Philadelphia, obviously. Yeah. That's what I mean. They'll, they'll, they'll be it, it may save Jonathan Gannon's bacon players, from getting booed every players, play of the game. Here's, here's the deal. Players and coaches do not tank. Ask Lovey Smith. Um, 
executives tank uh, and they have to set it up so you can't win like Sam Hankey did with the Sixers. So, you know, you remember in the early tanking days of the Sixers, they were trading guys like Matt Geiger because he was a little bit too good uh, and he wasn't very good. So you get rid of anybody who can play and it kind of takes care of itself. But the coaches and players are always trying to win. They're always trying to win. I think Kyler's going to have – I know he's got that big contract, but I think Kyler's going to have a fire under him because he knows that if they're that if they're at that point and they need to win as many games possible so that way they don't, they're out in the Caleb Williams and sweepstakes like, oh, oh you guys, oh, we want, we, we're trying to win. I don't think they win that game, but if they do, it's like, oh, wow, what happened? Sorry, I just – Stop you from trying to get my replacement. I'm out. See it. <laughs> Which he'd be very willing to do because uh, he's had an attitude since he got to Arizona and his favorite coach who moved heaven and earth to get him is no longer there anymore. So uh, good luck with that, Kyler. All right. They got the Giants twice in the last three weeks of the season. John, we ran it down earlier. We did the WLWLWL thing. John's penciling on a loss for a game uh, 17, 18. 18, because he doesn't think the Eagles will have anything to play for. They'll be locked into their playoff position. I said, no, no, no. I think they'll be playing for something. Don't know if it's going to be for the number one seed or the division or whatever. I think the Eagles are going to need that last game. The Eagles dominated the Giants last year, beat them three times, and two of them were just complete crush jobs, and the other one was – returning from action, Jalen Hurts got well ahead and they kind of put the wraps on the game. Giants got a couple of late points to make it closer than it actually seemed. Are the Giants going to give the Eagles a tougher time than they did last year? I think during that first game, Christmas Day, I think it'll be a little bit be- a little bit closer, a ma- closer matchup. I think overall the Eagles do win that. I mean, Waller, Waller and that's another guy we were talking about, Kyler Murray, if he's healthy around that time. If Waller stays healthy, I think he adds – it changes things dramatically in the middle of the field for that team. And Daniel Jones, listen, man, if he gets the second second year in that system on Dable, and we know what Dable's been able to do with Josh Allen, not calling Daniel Jones Josh Allen whatsoever at all. I think there's a big divide between them. But we saw when it comes to decision-making and where to go to the ball and progressions, it's big. So I think they can actually get better. So the Eagles win a game. I think the Eagles win both games. Only because the division is going to, I think it's going to come down to division in that week 18. And we're not going to like it in the media, but I think that last game is going to be flux, knowing that it's going to be, they're going to oh, come it up as the oh, NFC. Oh, you just ruined my day. Too. I didn't even think about it. We'll get the graphics. NFC East Championship game, but even though oh, one team is really man. playing for it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, John John was banking on his fourth out of 17 games, his fourth 1 o'clock game yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Chris Franklin says, uh, not too fast, my friends. Yeah. Uh, that, will not um, be, that will not be Sunday at 1. Huh, that's Chris? a good point. I, I would say to Jody's point, the Giants have to be more competitive than they were last year. I would think they have to be. But I still don't think they're more ready competitive against the league or more competitive. No, against more competitive the against the Eagles. I mean, they got waxed in the first game, and they got waxed worse in the playoff game. And in, in I don't even count Week 18 because of all the issues. But uh, um, yeah, they were not close to the Eagles last year. They almost have to be a little bit more competitive. Now, here's I want to steer you to this, Chris. 
Where did you find the first loss on this schedule? I, I believe it was at home against the Miami Dolphins. Ah, and the Dolphins were the one. I, I had him losing for the first time ever to the New York Jets in the regular season. But we're all three. We're in. So that's week six. Miami's week seven. You guys both had him losing to Miami at home. Um, those first five games, how disappointed would you be if the Eagles lost one of those first five games? I'd be, I think there'd be some issues. I, I, th- I think that I can see the one I can see, like, and I went back and forth with was that game against the Patriots only because yeah. there's a lot going on with this week Home one. Opener. You got a yeah. lot going on with Tom Brady coming back. And you don't know if the, if the Patriots feed off that for the first quarter, they really jump out to like, I say a 10, nothing lead or, or, or like a 17, 7, uh, 17, 7, something like that. And then you're also your first, you get your first true sense of the defense that, in the, that the Eagles are running. So I think there's a lot going on there that there's a lot of question marks at. But I think it's one of those things that if they weather the first quarter and they just get back to play, being the team that they're expected to be, I think they win that game. But they if they don't come out of that at least 4-1, I think they should go They should go 5 I don't know. But if they don't at least come 4-1, Six, four, one out of those first five. It's, uh, I think they'll be looking back on it and kicking themselves. All right, Chris Franklin, you and the rest of your uh, compatriots got a chance to talk to both uh, Sean Desai and Brian Johnson yesterday for the first time in their new positions as Eagle coordinators. Who impressed you more? That's tough. I say decide only because we never got to see what decide was. We never only because we never got the chance to see decide until yesterday. So I knew Brian. I, I I like Brian especially a lot when it comes to looking back to his days in Florida, looking back at the way that offense was operating and some of the little wrinkles he did. But the fact that I basically I, all the thing I had on decide was trying to look back at his old his old press conferences back from Chicago's. We had also sort of that thing. And then I, I like what he was saying in terms of when it comes to what the vision he has for the defense, what he learned from his time in Chicago and stuff like that. I think it's more just more I think it's him more the fact that we didn't uh haven't seen him more. But I think they're both you can see why they hired him in terms of when it comes to like trying to rile up their guys and and their minds and when it comes to defense and offense scheme and stuff, but yeah, I, I go for yesterday. I probably go to side on that one. Yeah, I I kind of saw the you know he's got a master's degree in education from Columbia, I believe, um, and he's got uh, a doctorate uh, from from Temple. Uh, so he's a really smart guy. You could see him; he was trying to educate us during the press conference. Yeah, you guys know <laughs> what this means. And we're looking at him like we're writers, dude. Give us some credit. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can see he's he's got education in the background. He's trying to uh, bring people in, and yeah, I thought he hit a home run. I really did. Yeah, he. I thought he learned from his time. I was telling Jody, I his time at Temple under Al Golden. You know, Temple's not a big deal in this city, but I think he knows this city. And I think he hit all the boxes and he knows what people want to hear in this city. And, uh, you know, the grit, the toughness that we're going to play fast. And I'm still waiting for the defensive coordinator saying, 
no, we want to, we want to, we want to take it easy. We want to, we want to not be gritty, but I think he checked all the boxes. I really did. I, I, I was really impressed with Sean Desai. I could see why Nick Sirianni, and that's a difficult decision because Denard Wilson had been here, has a ton of respect, especially in that secondary room. But I, I thought he seems like a good teacher and he should be. He's got a freaking master's degree in teaching, essentially. Yeah. I think that's important. Well, I'll go back quickly. You think about that squad that they turn around for typical football. Yeah, Al Golden, who believes the Michigan defensive coordinator, Matt Rule, who we all know is Carolina, and then Desai. That's a pretty good staff to have there on North Bard. But when you look at the learning aspect, the teacher aspect, he needs to do that, especially yes, if he wants to find ways to communicate his system the way he wants things done. You need a guy who says, on monotonous, like Ben Stein, like a Ben Stein guy. This is where you line up and cover to you're like, Oh, what are we doing here? So that's going to be an important thing and finding the engaged ways to do that. So it sinks in for, especially the, the, not only the veterans, but the rookies, I think that's going to be important for them. If he wants to have early success. All right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Matt Patricia and his pencil never brought up yesterday. Uh, how did, how did that come down? That's a good point. We should have brought up Matt. Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll I'll, take that. We'll take that L. We'll take that L. I, I, and this is all speculation. I wonder just, I wonder how much it was more of a, Hey, Boston connection. Hey, this guy's really good. And could you bring him over? Like if, if Bill asked uh, Jeff for a favor or something like that, or, Hey, you know, this guy is pretty good. Cause... Maybe they're trying to uh, win week one. Maybe they said, Hey, the Patriots are going to be week one. Well, I thought it was interesting, too. I thought when they initially hired him, the fact that they had to face the AFC East, why not at least have a guy who's familiar with everybody? That's true. You didn't know you were getting Patriots week one. That just kind of right. came to yeah. the fore. But you did know you were playing all four AFC East teams, so that's not a bad thing to have. They if have you more had, info if than If you had us, asked the question, so. would he have gotten the same exact route as his head coach and say, it's trending in that direction? Do you believe that's the answer you would have gotten if asked? Hey, is Matt Patricia going to be on your staff? I think it's what I think it, the question would be: We're always looking for talented coaches. You know, you need as many people as possible. You know, because you want to surround yourself with the best brine, mind so that you can have success and we good grow. Spin job oh, out of you, Franklin. Very I, good. I, 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 I started you, start to remember all over and over what they say. <laughs> no, I I would say though, no, we can't do that because it's official now. Even though the Eagles tried to hide it uh, as long as humanly possible. I did happen to catch, you know, one of the Eagles spokespeople coming off the field at rookie camp. And I said, hey, is I my exact wording was, is Matt Patricia part of this staff or should we just stop asking? And he said, <laughs> he said, no, what do you mean? Wait, senior defensive assistant. I go, well, you didn't announce it. He's not on the website. Um, but no, he's officially part of the staff. So. You know, Sean couldn't have said it's trending in that direction. It has trended. Was he spotted at the uh, practices? You guys, I did not see him. I didn't see him. I did not see him. I didn't see him. He's an invisible senior defensive assistant. (laughs) Is what you're. He's a senior defensive assistant. Uh, I saw a bunch of people say that he's not the linebackers coach. He is a senior defensive assistant, Um, and you know what that means is to be determined. Uh, But it does bring up an interesting point because Matt has a lot of experience. If things start to go in a negative direction, 
defensively. How quick does that start up? Oh, well, you know, Matt Patricia's here. Um, he's got more experience than Sean Desai, although not a lot of people like Matt Patricia. Um, do, you, do you see a potential path to some controversy? Because I don't think here. so. I think if anything, everybody's going to go look at Matt Patricia the last few years. That's why the defense is bad. He's one of those stabby part of his ideas. Uh, yeah, good <laughs> point. I think it'd be one of those things in there. And I just remember, I just remember from uh, that whole day when they announced the whole was he on the staff or not. They added him and they 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 put him on the website. Then he went away. Oh, and then yeah. he was an officially announced. He's announced as an analyst. And then, but yet his bio's not on the website. It's I don't know if they're waiting for him to get his trademark pencil so they can put the picture on and when they have it ready for the program uh, for the media guys stuff like that. But yeah, it's a it's a strange, I, uh, strange hiring. I think it's gonna be more like Jim Bob Cooter, where it's like, hey, you know what? Okay, this is what I've seen from their scheme. This is what I would do. This is what how we played this team beforehand. That showed this look. Do have at it, and then if the defense is good. Maybe he tries to spring that board that to, hey, look at this. Well, I had this say in the Eagles being good. Hire me as your DC or head coach. Yeah. In addition to your offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, you got to hear from your special teams coordinator yesterday. I like the way John described it. He's playing the back room while the other two play in the front room. Uh, but come on, offensive coordinators, defense coordinator, it's special teams. You got to have a good special teams. And what has Howie Roseman done to upgrade the special teams this offseason, Chris Franklin? I think you're going to try to rely on the rookies. I really think between the rookies that you have, the Dan Arnold thing is interesting, even though it's just more like, I think when it comes to like the return thing, he was on some coverage teams, but I think more on the punt return team. But I really think they're going to have to rely on these rookies. And then the punter, I mean, Zeitner, when you look at Zeitner and Sipos, I mean, who would have thought one of the biggest camp bells that we're going to be watching all the time is, wow, let's see, okay, what does he place this inside the 20? It's something like watching golf. It's like, oh wow, look at that! He got it close to the goal yeah, line without going Jimmy, over. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Kempsey's wheelhouse, yeah. compensatory picks. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna look at Jimmy. Say what? Uh, what's going on at punter? Um, I like the backspin and how it, it, it gave him the hang. The hang time was good too. We're all we out with their stopwatches, thinking checking hang time and just going, okay, yeah, that's good enough. Click. Yeah. <laughs> Ty Zetner. Here's where I go, and I've said this to a couple guests. I'll throw it out to you. Uh, the numerology aspect of it. Uh, they took number eight away from Sipos, gave it to Mariota. But here's the problem. They made him share number 10, Chris. He's sharing. He's a veteran player sharing a number with a rookie quarterback. That's not a good sign, is it? It's pretty telling on that one, too. The fact that like, also those special teams guys, you know, they're like, yeah, they're there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, it is kind of telling when it comes to that. You think there'd be some more uh, numbers, like, but I can see that being. I mean, maybe the fact that I can see Sipos going like, I don't, I don't care, just give me a number, and then you know, Mariota maybe saying, here, here's five thousand. Yeah, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't I'll, care. Maybe it doesn't. I'll Venmo you some money. Here you go. Just, just don't bring any I'm attention sure to too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, nice Venmo. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Chris Either giving one. us alternative theories. I like it. I like <laughs> this is all turn effects were good. <laughs> gave me a little surprise there, uh, Chris. You think that Dan Arnold, the tight end they signed from Jacksonville, is going to make it because of special team prowess? 
Well, I think the way you look at what he does, like uh, I think because they're 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 He's a receiver too. Full at the time. Yeah, they're 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 full at tight end. Stoles are stole their blocker, the blocking guy. But when you look at the areas he does, he uses, he's the same. He does the same thing. And you know they've been high on Calcaterra. The thing he's a good receiving tight end, but the problem was his blocking. Well, Arnold's not the best blocker in the world either. So I'm looking at one of those things. I'm like, okay. And Tyree Jackson, I like what he brings size-wise and, and things, but he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. So you got to question that as well, too. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right, if Stoll, I think Stoll remains because of his blocking. Because like, you can't have, besides Goddard, you can't have like everybody else just being receiving tight ends because he's going to be on Patterson. So I'm like, all right, one of these guys may be on the block, and Arnold brings that extra thing, and they've had issues with special teams. So I thought, all right, maybe I think he's – more in play than I think people believe. Well, then who are the three tight ends are going to keep? Because you're not going to tell me they're going to keep four tight ends. I'm not going to keep four. No. I think it's I think it's one of the things where you can see it's a possibility where you could see. I think they all. I think personally, I think it could be Goddard, Stoll, then Arnold. I think Gakatera is right on the thing. If he doesn't Eric prove enough, could be he better show up in camp. Otherwise, he could find himself either on the practice squad or on another squad. I think it's one of the things where he he needs to show he's a better blocker. If if, if he's not the same, and he showed a little improvement toward the end. I'll, I'll give him that. Like he showed a little bit more improvement, in, but if it's not to where they want him to be at, I think especially knowing that this team has a window now for and that, and that, like right now, I can see Arnold be giving a shot right there and just hoping he clears. He, he's available that back on. Yeah, I'm with you, Chris. I think it's uh, 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 I think he's got a bigger chance than most people realize Dan Arnold uh, to be a backup tight end on this team at C Franklin News. Make sure you follow uh, Chris on Twitter. Read him all over the place, most notably NJ.com, uh, Lehigh Valley Live, Times of Trenton all over. Um, I'll leave it here. Um, um, We've been talking about off-ball linebacker. Peter King said there's no weaknesses on this team where he can't find a weakness. I could find one, off-ball linebacker. Um, Jody has floated out the go seize the moment, get Patrick Queen. A lot of fans think you should say, hey, play Nolan Smith at off-ball linebacker. One, the Eagles, please tell me the Eagles are not going to play Nolan Smith at off-ball linebacker. Two, is, is Patrick Queen a legitimate potential trade target? I th- I'll start with the Nolan Smith thing. I could, only time I could see him playing off-ball linebacker is if you're using an exotic look. If you're trying to change something off some weird blitz look or some weird yeah, thing that really won't confound yeah. somebody. Yeah. Other than that, I, he's better on. He's better as an edge guy, more Sam-type guy. When you look at just the Patrick Queen stuff, I think that he, I like him. To be here, I think the price might be a little too rich for to get there. And then, because also, you want to get him in here and you give up a draft pick. I think he's going to warn. He's. I think he warn at least a fifth or fourth. Would you think like, oh, that's not that much? But given that they're giving away some of those guys, those picks already, and they're using compensatory picks, they're probably going to use them next year. You're, you'll need them. And then you got if you want to keep him around for a while, you got to extend him because he knows he's going to want like a new contract. And given that this history that this team has with the off-ball linebackers and not spitting as much on there, he's they're probably not going to be able to want to pay what he's looking at. He thinks he's going to be able to get on the open market. So, yeah, it's a nice thought in theory. I think he's not – he hasn't played as well as I thought he would play down the Ravens. I mean, 
fact, they got they drafted. Didn't, the didn't you hear his general manager last week call him a Pro Bowl level player? No. Yeah, hey, 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 you'll be a Pro Bowl level player. Yeah, hey, look at this. Look, look, even though this, I'm not. not this is a bad, it's a bad comparison. Look, if you're a, a, a grocer going, look at this tomato. Look at the great, great, beautiful side this one has. He looking back, it's all bruised up. Now you're you're going to the opposite end of what the GM did. Uh, he's yeah. not that bruised. He's a pretty darn good linebacker last year. And yes, I well, think the Eagles would be well advised attempting to get him because even if you don't reach not a Pro him, Bowl linebacker, what? you're going to get a compensatory pick for him. Yeah, not a Pro Bowl linebacker. Yeah, I think the way, especially I think with some of the potential, and this is going way, way in the future. I think they they make, they make a compensatory ones, but I think they can get some higher ones that may knock him down potentially. Like it might not be as much as high potential if some of those guys leave in free agency. So uh, it's 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 thing. I think they'll max out in twenty twenty five when twenty twenty five draft rolls around. They'll max out in that, but it's I don't think I don't think he's it's going to be too. I think the cost is going to be a little too rich for the Eagles to want to pay. Uh, I think it would be a smart move on Howie Roseman's part. The Eagles are all in for this season, or they should be all in for this season. And they got one outstanding position where they're not as good as they were last year, and that's linebacker. Well, cross your fingers that Christian <laughs> Ellis develops. No, I'd rather go get a guy who's had 110 tackles and pay the price that I have to pay. Chris Franklin, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate you coming on board. You know we'll be checking in in a couple of weeks. I asked you this to begin with. You didn't answer. You gave me some uh, funny but flippant answer. What the hell are you doing this weekend? <laughs> well, I know I'm going out this week. I know I'm going out this week. I don't know where yet. And then after that, it might be rest. Sunday in front of the days. TV, Sixers game seven at least. Can we count on you for that? Oh, man. I, man. If I've watched that, I, yeah, I don't my stomach might be churning after all. I think I might want to go like this too. No, no, no. It's, it's it's, I'll it's, tell you what, it'll, it'll be too? like, a, I, I don't know, Chris is sort of a, a wrestling guy, not as big as me and Mike K, I don't think, but uh, I don't know if you know Orange Cassidy. I'm going to give oh, the not. Sixers the Orange Cassidy test. I'm going to give them five minutes, and if they start like they start started uh, in game six, I'm out. I'm not going to waste my time. If they show up, um, all right, I'll give them a chance. That's how uh, I'm gonna approach it. For the wrestling official, I think this if it it has the potential to be a squash match early on in Boston, all That's eyes. That's my concern. That's and my make sure concern. Tony Brothers is not the referee. That's it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the Sixers are Orange Cassidy this week because all a guy does is defend his championship. So we need these terrible, terrible character. I don't want to see a terrible game. Terrible character. I don't want to. I don't want to see a terrible I'll, game. I'll take a terrible game as long as it ends up with the correct result. With which Orange Cassidy, it's always a win. That's all I'm asking for. This. I don't care how friggin' ugly it is as long as they come out on the long end of the score. Franklin, always a pleasure. Thanks, EF. Uh, we'll get you back up in a couple of weeks, buddy. Thanks, Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. NJ.com is where you're going to find Chris Franklin. All right. You find us coming back to put a bow on the show and the week here on Birds 365.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. This is Governor Ed Rendell urging you to vote for my friend, Judge Pat Dugan, for Superior Court. I appointed Judge Dugan in 2007 to the Philadelphia Municipal Court, where he now serves as its president judge. Pat is a proud Army veteran of 23 years. He served two tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's also recommended by the Philadelphia Bar Association. But most importantly, he bleeds eagles green and hates those Dallas Cowboys. So get out and vote for number three, Judge Pat Dugan for Superior Court. Paid for by Dugan 2023. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. you're just tuning in or streamed in a little bit late after we did our first segment started punching up our guests john and i went through the schedule win loss win loss win loss in the first segment that's uh, a win we we had a lot of the very same game a couple we disagreed on but we agreed on almost everything we certainly agreed on the first five it's all w's for the eagles John gave the Eagles their first loss against the Jets, but as I'm coming back the week after at home, beating the Dolphins, I think they'll get the better of the Jets up the turnpike, but come back and lose against the Dolphins thereafter. Um, John's got them losing in Seattle. I think they'll win that game, but I had them losing at home to the 49ers. You, it seems to me like you went uh, heavy on home field advantage for yeah. Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah, do you, you don't have them losing a home game this year, do you? Um, uh, let's see. I have them losing at Kansas City. I have them losing at Dallas. At yeah, I probably went too heavy with the home. You went, um, I think you went eight no on the home games. Yeah. I, I actually have them losing a couple of home games, um, but uh, winning a couple of tough road games like at the Jets and at Seattle. Um, and we will, we will, uh, keep these handy. I'll keep both mine and John's picks handy. We got to wait till September to we'll start to get some results, but we'll keep an eye on it. My favorite story to ever tell is, 
uh, Chip Kelly's first, uh, second year as an Eagles head coach. Before the year started, I predicted the Eagles would go 10 and 6. They had gone 10 and 6 the year before, and I said, I think they're still at 10 and 16. And of course, the Eagles went 10 and 6. I was 100% correct. I hit the number right on the head. Do you know how many games I got right during the season, making individual picks on the games the week of? Five. I was 5 and 11 predicting the games. Now, they went 10 and 6, which is what my overall prediction was. So I patted myself on the back and took my uh, credit and my props as a genius. But truth be told, <laughs> I couldn't pick my nose that year with the Eagles. So. Yeah, well, and that's why I think, but uh, no, you deserve credit because I think the overriding philosophy is, uh, you know, where you end up. And it might be. In my case, you know, they might lose a game at home. They might lose to Buffalo or San Francisco and beat uh, at Dallas or beat the Chiefs. But if you end up in the same spot, you know, you end up in the same spot. The the overriding factor uh, works out. Uh, So that kind of stuff is going to happen. You're going to win some, at least one or two, that maybe you didn't think they'd win, but they're probably going to lose one or two. Um, who had the, them losing to the Saints and the four, and the uh, exactly. Commanders last year? Yeah, nobody. And and nobody and, had and, them losing at home, two home games to the Saints and the Commanders. And part of its injuries. I mean, they lost to the Saints because Gardner Minshew was playing quarterback. Let's be right. honest. And uh, you know, but the Commanders game. I mean, that's the only game Jalen Hurts lost until the Super Bowl. Um, that was just a a. a poor performance by the Eagles and you're going to get one or two of them. The good news is they were so good. You only got one or two of them. They played really poorly in Indianapolis, Jody, but they were able to get over the top. Even, Um, even worse was Arizona. If Arizona's got a better replacement kicker, they win that game. If uh, Kyler Murray knows where the sticks are and dives correctly, they got to They win that game right there. Yep. Yep. Um, so those games are going to happen as well. Um, but end of the day, I think it's a really good team and they're going to have a really good record. And we will be talking about it for low these many weeks and months leading up to the actual regular season. Uh, Johnny Mac, I'm back on Monday. You in big guy. Uh, I'm in. Let's do it. McMullen will be here. McDonald will be here. That means be here Monday for birds, three sixty five and two and two days. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.